If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to your Circle of Influence podcast. I am your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker. We are so excited that you are here. I love the ones that we do by ourselves, Amy, because we get to really riff on strategy and lived experience. This, these are things, these are not yeah. theories. This is not something that we read in a book. These are things that we actually live through and can actually pass along the wisdom. And today we're talking about how to um, get started hiring a team. It's important for you to not only hire a team, but develop them so that your business can move smoothly. And I love picking your brain about this, Amy Walker. Yeah. So I want to start off with a distinction between having one or two employees and having a team mentality. Mm -hmm. So I do talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who are at that six figure range and they've got a couple people on their team, you know, that are like doing tasks or VAs or, you know, somebody who does this or that, but they're, they still haven't really stepped into that team department mentality. So I want everybody to start thinking of their business in terms of department. Like here's my sales department. Here's my marketing department. Here's my fulfillment department. Here's my finance department. Um, here's my product development department. And if you'll start thinking in terms of departments, it will help you to be more aware of what your business needs are in order to grow. Then the next thing we've got to do is we've got to look at the different levels of hires. So the number one mistake I see people make is they hire the middle. So let me explain what that means. There's four different levels of hires. The highest, most expensive hire is a strategist. Um, that's somebody who they know where you need to go. They're going to bring in the strategy. They're going to, you know, lay out the game plan and they're going to drive business growth forward. The one right behind, below that, the next most expensive is a manager. So the manager is going to manage either people or systems. And then below that, you have a producer and that producer is somebody who they own the skill. They come into the company with the skill ready to produce for you. And then the lowest level is an implementer. So an implementer is somebody who they are just teachable, they're trainable, they're hard worker, they fit with your core values, they're excited to be on the team, and we can train them to do what we need them to do. So what most people do is they can't afford the strategist, but they know that the implementer is not going to be enough, so they kind of hire the middle. They just find somebody who's like in between a producer and a manager, mm -hmm. they're pretty talented, you know, they can do a good job, and they pay them you know, 20 hours a week. And what happens is it almost always ends up being more expensive. So instead, what if you spent, you know, five hours with a strategist, like you actually hired a virtual CFO who could work with you for five hours a quarter on your financial strategy. And then you could take, um, you know, an hour a month and work with your CPA to make sure that you're on track with all of your goals there. And then you hire um, an implementer who can go and, import all of your, you know, you can train them how to do 
your QuickBooks and reconcile your, your bank account. So now you've cut out that middle part, which is, and I'm sorry, bookkeepers, because um, they never like this example, but you know, you can cut out that amount that you've been paying your bookkeeper every single month and it ends up being the same or less every mm -hmm. single time if you do mm -hmm. it that way. So if you'll look at it, instead of trying to create one job, if you'll look at it and you'll split it into those four different hires and say, what tasks that I need actually need to be done by a strategist? What tasks need to be done by a manager? What tasks by a producer? And what tasks can be done by an implementer? Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that we're paying for are actually implementer tasks, but we're giving them to producers or managers. And so we're paying higher amounts than we need to. Ooh, that's so good. And in this current world where everybody's gigging, right? Like there's so many people who you can get to do these simple things for you. You can actually hire a CFO to work for you for five hours a quarter mm -hmm. instead of, you know, a hundred thousand a year. <laughs> That's cool. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of times when you're a uh, six figure to, you know, deep, even deep in the six figure range, you're still not really ready yet for a full-time CFO. So just get a part-time one. Brilliant. That Thank is you. I think so. Yeah. I've saved a lot of people money with that one hiring strategy yeah. right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, and sometimes you're right. I think having the distinction between the different levels in terms of the strategist, the manager, the implementer is it, that in itself clarifies a lot of where, what is it that I need and how much can I afford to have it, to have it happen. So that's a great mm -hmm. So the next thing I want to talk about is your um, transitional hiring, which means you're not really ready for, um, you know, you're not really ready for somebody who's going to be an investment, but you know that you need help. So transitional hiring, I want everybody to take a look at hiring VAs overseas. My favorite platform for hiring them is um, onlinejobs.ph. You're hiring people out of the Philippines. Um, Onlinejobs.ph does assessments and um, skill testing for their VAs. So you've got a really talented pool of people and they're very highly educated. Like you're not hiring somebody who's just walking off the streets like, oh, I'll be a VA. You're hiring somebody with like a degree in marketing or, you know, I mean, they, they're college educated. They're great professionals. They just happen to make more money being your VA than they do working as a nurse or a teacher or, you know, whatever their field was. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting really talented folks for, you know, sometimes $6 an hour, sometimes $4 an hour, sometimes $12 an hour. Mm -hmm. But you know, somebody that you're paying over there, $12 an hour, you'd probably be paying 50 here. Somebody that you're paying $6 an hour there, you'd probably be paying 18 here. Mm -hmm. So it just helps to save you money. Now there are some inconveniences with it. Like you mentioned um, at one point, Monica, I can't remember if it was in this interview or another one, but you mm -hmm. mentioned that, you know, you'll get an idea and you will want to send it to your VA and it's the middle of the day for you. It's the middle of the night for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's certain levels of inconvenience there, but I do find that if you will create a, and man, create a hiring process for your overseas VAs that matches the hiring process you would do stateside and create a management system that matches how you would manage your team stateside, that your overseas VAs can be amazing contributors to your team mm -hmm. and they need to be treated just the same as any member of your team. Yeah, I like that. And, and it helps when you're doing that at the implementer level, it helps to understand that these people are delivering a particular result or a particular outcome. The strategy piece, the thinking, the brainstorming, 
it, that should have been done already. So that all they have to do is deliver on that vision. Sometimes, yes, but you can actually hire managers and strategers that are working out of the Philippines. Um, now, and strategists as well. Like you could hire some, there are strategists on there that you can hire that will bring in the full marketing plan. You're going to pay more for them, um, but you're not going to pay as much as you would pay a strategist stateside. So it just, if you understand exactly what you're looking for and you really go through the interview process, that's where you'll be able to understand who fits into what category. Um, because there are branding experts over there and then there are graphic designers, right? A branding expert is a strategist, a graphic graphic designer is the producer. Yeah. And then there are some people who say that they're graphic designers when in reality, they're just an implementer who could pull together your brand and create some stuff in Canva, you know? <laughs> yeah. So if you know what those different levels are, you can see where to plug them in at. Yeah. And I am guilty of hiring too many implementers. When I look back at my journey, um, I wanted to hire cheap. And so I was like, I'll just get implementers in and I'll be the strategist. But then guess what happens? You don't have anyone in your team who's coming up with new innovative ideas for your growth. Everything has to come through, through you. And I think that can be a little bit stagnant as well. So mm -hmm. I'm repenting of that. <laughs> We're all repenting of something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Two more. Let me ask you this question before you go to mm -hmm. the How do you then manage the communication between all these, because you might have like a team member here, a team member there. How do you manage communication and project management with all of them? Slack is great. And I think when you get to that point where you do have several different team members, you definitely need to have a platform like Asana or I use um, Smartsheets. Um, you know, we all kind of have our different programs that we like to use. The reason I like Smartsheets is because you don't, you don't have to pay for every person on your team to be a user. They can be contributors and contributors are free. And yeah. so for small business owners, instead of like, let's say you have 10 people on your team, maybe only two of them need to be users. So your number of user licenses go down, but then everybody else is a, contra a, a collaborator. And also you can put your clients on without having to pay for them. Yeah, that's awesome. We're going to put all of those resources that we just mentioned in the show notes so you guys can have them as well. And I love that you shared about where you get your VAs because I was thinking of Upwork and I was thinking of other places and it's good to know um, good, reliable sources where you can get that started. Yeah. And Upwork, you know, I use Upwork. I use Fiverr. I will say that onlinejobs.ph has um, replaced Upwork for me. I still use Fiverr, but Fiverr's kind of like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I'm done. Yeah. You know, like if you need quick in and out, whereas when I'm on online jobs, I'm looking for somebody who's really on my team for yeah, real. Relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. I like that. Okay. Next tip. Sales team. <gasps> I mean, really sales team. Yeah. Can we just say it again? Sales team. <laughs> so my first year that I launched my company, we did 110,000 in sales. And I was like, "Woo, this is a great, you know, I was super happy first year in business. Um, my second year, I built a sales team and my goal was to double sales. I was like, if we could get to 250 this year, that would be amazeballs. Mm -hmm. We ended the year at 440,000 in sales. And it was not because we had new programs, products, or services. It was not because I was working four times the amount of hours. It was because I legitimately had a very small, very effective sales team. I think mm -hmm. I had two closers and I think I had four setters. And, um, what, what I want to just point out there is as the business owner, you do not have 40 hours a week to dedicate to your sales. You just don't, you've got marketing, you've got being the CEO, you've got being the CFO, you've got um, clients that, you know, you've got to work with. You have a, 
products, programs, services to create. There's so much on your plate that you just don't have the time to dedicate to sales that it deserves, but your sales absolutely deserves 40 hours a week or more of effort. So the more time that gets put into sales, the more output that you have coming in. And I truly think everybody should have a sales team. And it's the easiest part to start because you can actually start hiring on performance pay. So you can do commissions. I like that. It's performance-based. And a lot of times people would sometimes ask me, for example, are you sure that I can hire salespeople just on commission? Wouldn't they want base salary? And my answer is the good ones are perfectly fine with commission. Oh yeah. Because they know they're going to make more, right? Exactly. That's just the reality of it. They know they're going to make more and they know that commission, like good salespeople know that commission based sales jobs are the highest paying ones. Um, you know, this one is one where I feel like I talk about this and people just don't quite hear me. Cause I remember talking to a lady and I, you know, we're at a conference. I was like, Oh, you know, here's sales team. Here's what you need. Mapped it kind of out for her. We met again the next year at the same conference and we're talking again. And she's like, Oh yeah. You know, it still is my goal to be able to hire a salesperson. I'm like, Hmm. What part of that conversation did you not hear? Because salespeople generate their own paycheck. Mm -hmm. It's not coming out of where the business is currently. They generate their own paycheck if you're paying them on performance pay. So it's pretty much like free money. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't want free money? Okay. <laughs> I do. It's crazy. Send them over my way. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Should we go into our final tip? Final tip. Let's do it. Final tip, knowing when to do expensive hires. So this is a mistake that I made. Um, my first, I, I want to call like the first uh, five years of my business phase one. Mm -hmm. So phase one, my challenge was I was afraid to make the jump to hiring somebody who was a true strategist more that I knew was going to drive and propel the business growth forward. And so I did become the bottleneck in my business where I was um, like, I, everything had to come through me. All ideas had to come through me. All innovation had to come through me. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it clogged up the system. It clogged up my creativity and I got burnt out. Mm -hmm. So I do think that you need to know when is the right time, because if you hire that person before you're ready for them, they can actually push too much against you. And you're like, I'm, I'm not ready for that growth. Right. And, and it can be out of alignment because these, these strategists, um, and I I've experienced this on both sides. Cause I actually hired one of these people too early mm -hmm. and they, because I didn't know enough about where, who I was as a leader and where I wanted the company to grow, they started innovating in directions that were not in alignment with what I wanted because mm -hmm. my vision and my values were not clearly defined enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't able to say, here's the destination. Here's where we're going. Mm -hmm. How do we get there? It was like, I want to grow. And they're like, okay, cool. Here's how we grow. And mm -hmm. then I would get there. I'm like, but that doesn't feel right. You know, mm -hmm. like that, I don't, I'm not in harmony with that. Mm -hmm. And so if you hire too soon, I think you get the wrong type of growth that you end up feeling like an overgrown bush that needs to be pruned, you know, yeah. um, well, different directions. but if, yeah, it's going a lot of different directions. They may not be in alignment where you want to go. I've also been in other companies 
And I was that person who they're like, we want to grow, bring us your best ideas. And I bring the best ideas. And then we're, they're like, you know, we grow in that way and it's going really well. And they're like, we need to prune this. We don't want, we don't mm -hmm. actually want to do that. And I'm going, so yeah. information that would have been useful to me yesterday. <laughs> you know, like, come on. Um, and so I've been on that side. And then also on the other end of it is when you do need to hire that bigger um, level person and you do need to get more innovation in your business, but you're too afraid to do it. And so you continue to keep it all on your plate. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Which that's is also good. not good. I, I'm so, afraid to confess that one. I've been guilty of that one too. I've been guilty of that one too. And so anyway, I, I am in Amy 2.0 phase. Yes. And now when I'm looking at how I'm structuring my team for the next level of growth, I'm actually only looking to work with people who are very high level. I don't want as many people on my team, but I want more, um, at least let me say it this way. I don't want as many people that I need to manage. I want a small tight knit group of people that I need to manage. And then I want us to produce to that next level and then they can hire and manage their teams. Mm -hmm. And that's how I want my next phase of growth to be where I have like this core group that I love working with that we're in alignment of values. And then we're in alignment of, um, the, the goals and the three-year plan and the five-year plan and they're bought in mm -hmm. and then we can produce amazing things together. So mm -hmm. that's, that's Amy 2.0 right there. You just described heaven, I think. Well, heaven also smells like newborn babies. So it was close, <laughs> <laughs> but not entirely. I love it. These are great tips, Amy Walker. Thank you. These are awesome tips, Amy, and I think that um, they dovetail very nicely into a listener challenge. So here's what we want you to do, everybody. Make a list of the things that should be in your to-don't list, right? <laughs> There's mm, things that should it. be in your to-do list. There are things in your to-don't list. And then uh, decide whether you're going to assign an implementer or producer, a manager or a strategist to those things. So then you can start getting clear about who to hire and who to delegate that to. How does that sound, Amy? It sounds beautiful. I love it. Love it. I really love all the tips that you gave. Um, you forced some confessions out of me and it also helped me to get clear about where my next steps are in hiring. I would love to hear from you guys in the audience what you got out of today's session and what are the next steps that you're going to take, particularly with the listener challenge so that we can keep moving our businesses forward. I love it. And as always, if you have questions for us, please drop them in the comment section. We love your comments. They make us happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, connect with us on social media. Come find us. Mm -hmm. Your circle, circle of influence. Of influence. <laughs> yep. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We will see you next time. Thank you. You have worked hard and you've earned your place at the table of influence. Wouldn't it be great to have a board of advisors that celebrate your wins, support your growth and challenge your blind spots? That's why we host our influencer circles for six and seven figure business women. 
you're a high-achieving entrepreneur woman who wants a deep dive in business strategy, collaboration, and strategic relationships, go to yourcircleofinfluence.com forward slash influencers and reserve a spot in one of our upcoming circles.